0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the sports detention football show you've done the right thing you've plugged yourself into detention you've come to get the information but you may be missing something it's just me on me pat malone here with our two other co-hosts cosy and Berta, how we going fellas
1: yeah going really well grego great to see the premier league back on the weekend so as per usual plenty to get through it's going to be a big show
0: Mm, Berta.
2: yeah thanks for having me again grego um hope everyone out there in sports attention land had a great week um and i just want to do a famous wide world of sports quote to our fame to our mr john podesta hurry back mate we miss you yeah no potty actually for the listeners who
0: haven't realized um potty potty is he's gone he's passed away um (laughs) No, I kid, I kid. Uh, Potty is quite unwell at the moment. He has got COVID nineteen. Uh, yes, uh, yep, yeah, no good. But uh, yeah, get get better, old mate. Um, but without further ado, boys, should we get into the podcast? Let's do
2: it. Let's hit it.
0: Rightio, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sports Attention Football Show. Myself, Grego, here with Cosi and Berta. Uh, boys, if we get straight into it, it's, it's been a massive week of, of football, but um, I, I need to address the elephant in the room. Uh, the, the French are fuming, boys. The French, <laughs> they are filthy. Uh, the fact that their top-tier football league was compared to diarrhoea last week didn't go down too well. Really? You, well, I don't know why, but it was only honesty that we can be guilty of. I
1: think, I think as they, they say in French, la fuming. Is that correct? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> la, that would be more Spanish, my friend. But, uh, oh, it's yeah. le, 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 le yeah.
2: They're le fuming because they're le shit. Yeah, anyway. Uh is, not shit. It'd be,
0: uh, it would be, it would be a murder. Le yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the Feedingham department, though, guys, a, a sad day for us to jump on the podcast. Obviously, over the weekend, the news was um, not the, not about potty. Obviously, we've moved on from that. Um, Terry Venables, l has unfortunately uh, has passed. So, Vale, Terry Venables. Um, what's your memory of Terry Venables, boys? Cozzy?
1: Oh, so, obviously, listeners of our ilk will remember the ill-fated uh, World Cup Uh, qualification attempt. Mm. Um, That's that's probably the thing that stands out for most of us here in Australia. Um, He's had a fantastic career across Europe at many different clubs. But, yeah, as I said, for us, it's the uh, ill-fated Iran, knocked out qualification that sort of sticks with us. Um, But I think in that short amount of time that he was with the australian side he actually did a fantastic job and and that's what people remember him for
0: yeah we we absolutely had our pants pulled down at the
1: mcg that night didn't we well yeah let's move on we had it we had our pants pulled down we had the net pulled down there was two things that got pulled down that night so yes Led to a disaster.
0: It was interesting. I, I will touch on just Terry very, very briefly. Um, uh, the, all the obviously when when people do pass, um, a lot of the the good things that they've done are highlighted and and rightfully so. But I mean the the. The knowledge and the, and the way that Terry managed football was really highlighted over the last couple of days. As and someone who who really changed the scope of management for English managers, someone who thought outside the box. He obviously had his experience at Barcelona, which shaped who he was as a football manager and the way he understood football. And it and it really changed uh, English, I mean the English football's look on on uh, the the continental game.
2: Yeah, I, I think to just to what i read about him this week like a, a good a good um description of who he was how how he was it, it was that he was a just an outstanding coach and, and a manager that and was tactically ex- excellent and just brought a style to the game that um that held up so mm. yeah a big big loss to football english football and and in general mm.
0: well terry well done mate good innings uh, moving on to uh, the EPL match day, guys. Obviously, without Potty to jump in and run through the scores, we're just going to keep this engine ticking. Uh, City, Liverpool uh, had a draw. West Ham got the win. Luton, Newcastle, Brighton, Bournemouth, Arsenal, Villa, United, and Fulham. Now, I mean, some big, big matches. I thought it was a, a great round of football. Um, however, we'll move into the into the A-League as well because the A-League kicked, uh, kept kicking over the weekend. Uh, Campbelltown had a draw with Melbourne victory. Uh, the Phoenix and Mariners, Wanderers, Raw and Adelaide also got victories as well. Did we catch any A-League boys?
1: No. I saw uh, no. Watch the Sydney Derby on the... <laughs> watch the Sydney Derby... Uh, on the weekend, that was a really that was a good game, uh, good result. I'm, I'm a bit of a closet Wanderers fan. Yeah. Um, ever since they won the um, Asian Champions League a few years back, it was like you've got to jump onto some some bandwagon. So that's the one I picked. Um, good game, though. Good quality, good quality game. So and uh, tight, tight game and end stuff. It was it was good advertisement for the A League that one.
0: Ah, very good, and uh, it was good to see the Mariners Mariners get a victory finally after their premiership exploits last year. Now, I, I mean, we criticise Australian football a bit just in jest here on the podcast, I know, but for fuck's sake, you cannot call a derby the F1 derby, even though now it's called the M1. Like, surely you can do better. Is it not the the coastal derby or something like that? Like, come on.
1: Yeah, well, what was the trophy this year? I know throughout the years they've had some crackers for trophies for the F1 derby, like I think they give you
0: an they give you an e tag, so you can pay for the the, the, the tunnel for a, to the Pennant Hills tunnel.
1: I think, yeah, I I think yeah, I just to that Newcastle Mariners derby. You've thrown me off, mate. I just got I got nowhere to go. You know, you've got a bad habit of doing that. So.
0: I think, are you just thinking about all the tolls you haven't paid?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they stung me a couple of weeks ago. ago. Don't worry about that. <laughs>
0: oh, very good. All right, guys, we better head into the headlines of the week. Uh, Berta, what do you got for us, mate?
2: Uh, pretty quick one. Just, um, yeah, you mentioned Liverpool United 1 all draw, and like, wow, well, Liverpool lucky. Like, that could have been an absolute bloodbath, I reckon. I watched, counted chances and all that it could have been at least four one should have been two nil at one stage I don't know how the um, John stones goal where Allison tripped and fell on his own shoelace um, was was not a goal like he was barely touched um, I don't know it, it, it had a feeling about it like it kind of felt to me like it showed that they were very lucky but they're still a long way off the pace of, of competing with teams like city and I think Arsenal Mm. Um, tough run yeah. in the next few few weeks. Allison and Joda out injured. As I said, he fell on his shoelace, so it's a bit of a title-defining period ahead. And yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure how we're going to go. It just we looked way off.
0: Well, as a as a Brighton fan, I mean, like you you've really analysed Liverpool's performance perfectly there and summed it up. I I was I mean, it couldn't get much worse for me personally uh, because I mean, pick your poison, Liverpool or City. I think it was a great result for United fans seeing them both drop points. But um, look, I thought they 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 stuck it to each other, didn't they? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That the, the first, first 10, ten to, to fifteen, 15 minutes, minutes, it, it was a vibrant game, like it was end-to-end. Both teams were really going for it in those first first twos and throws of the game, that's for sure. Mm.
2: Yeah, it was good to see Darwin Nunes at the end want to punch Pep Guardiola in the head too. Oh, so that, that was beautiful, yeah. 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 Any time a Uruguayan, a South American gets the blood running and the emotion flowing and wants to punch out Pep, well then I'm all for that.
1: Mm. I, just I just wish for Liverpool's sake, sake Berta, he'd show that sort of fire on the field. Yeah,
2: you know? like when he's putting his right foot through the ball when the in, in the two sticks in the net. Yeah, I agree. But um, <laughs> look, anyway. let's be
0: fair. Let's be fair to Darwin Nunez. I think he's had a. Re- I think he's had a decent start to the season. You know, I mean, his goals. You know, you can you can put the label of price tags on players and this that and the other, and I I think it's a really good example. If Darwin Nunez played for for United, I mean, the headlines would just be always about his price tag. But I think the ability, I think he gives, he didn't put the price tag on himself, but I think you're starting to see at the beginning of this season the value that he can have for Liverpool going forward. He's like a Firmino with a bit more grunt. Mm. So he's, he's obviously going to cause a few more issues for central defenders, but he, you, what you get in those issues is you do lose that that link-up play that, that sits in, in behind, though. So he's a different yeah. style of striker.
2: Yeah. yeah. When you say he's like F- Firmino, but it's he, Darwin's kind of reminds me of a a truck going down the hill with the without any brakes. Whereas Firmino <laughs> was it was delicate and and was you know beautiful touches really really dealt yeah. the ball to that those uh, front three throughout the years. But for, for Nunez is either like I said, no brakes going down the hill or nothing.
0: Yeah. No, Intelligence. And, well, I think if you compare, I I... sorry, Cos, if you compare Harland and I mean, uh, apart from the fact that Allison's clearance was horrific, um, all Harland had to do was pick up that ball in that with a yard of space and it was just a clinical finish. You know, unfortunately, you, you, you know, you get the power with Darwin Nunez up front, but you just don't get that clinical finishing that we saw on the other side of the field the other day.
1: Yeah, I think um, what, what you're, you're talking about, about Bert, is that football intelligence. He just... And he has, has, come, a, he has, has come a long way. Like, uh, I I think I've spoken about him previously. previously. Like, I think he's going to do really well over the course of the next couple of years. And I think he's going to be the striker that Liverpool's needed for a little while now. But it's the maturity. And he gets around the pitch. He does make a lot of runs. And he, his movement's really good. Um, he's a good link player there. Um, you know, you see Harlan... You know, one of the criticisms I would have of Haaland is his link play, moving the ball forward. Like, he'll link with players in the midfield, but that's more so when he's got his back to goal, that type of thing. Mm. So moving the ball forward, he doesn't sort of do that. Whereas Nunes, yeah, he, hes I think he's got an, a bit more of an all-round distribution game, which will which will help Liverpool.
0: Yeah, I agree, Cosy. Like, I agree. Yeah. Har- Harland is overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I led you into that one, didn't I, Gregor? That was good,
2: yeah. He's only 24 too, so like you say, Cozzy, that football smart still has time, time to come.
0: Uh, speaking of, um, of players uh, exceeding expectations, mate, uh, your new left by, back at Arsenal, Cozzy, that's that digs into
1: your headline, mate. Tell us more. Copper Kai. Mm. So my headline this week, Copper Kai strikes despite a low block. Mm. So referring to our podcast, podcast mate, uh, Kai habits. Uh, coming on late in the Arsenal-Brentford game when Arsenal were struggling to break down Brentford's low block and their defensive play, uh, he, he's come up with a goal that was desperately needed not only just for that game, but I think for his Arsenal career. Um, a lot of people, that's his first goal in open play, so a lot of people crying out about his relevance in the team, his relevance in the squad... Things like that. So this is a great start for him. It'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. Does it unlock something? Does it remove the blockage? And now we might see a, a you know, more determined, more uh, a Kai Habits that's contributing. So I don't know, guys. What do you think about his contribution? Do you think he's ready to explode?
0: Mate, I, I would say su- I would suggest that um, you know, with with Kai Habits, you know, I think. It's one of the, He hasn't hit the ground running in the last couple of seasons, but at the end of the day, let's be fair to him. He's got more Champions Leagues than Arsenal Football Club, so he is still a Champions League winner. He's come into the side and he's got the ability to be something different, and I think that's probably the same reason you bought in Trossard. You know, someone who can just do something different four different styles of play. So he's come on, and essentially he's done the perfect job because you're struggling to break down a low block. You bring him in, he just drifts in, floats into the back post, and he's in the right place at the right time. You know, so that's exactly what you need from someone like Kai Havertz. It's just dependent on whether Kai Havertz is happy being that player at Arsenal. You know, because I mean... Yeah, what was said to him? What was the 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 carrot that was dangled to get him to you know want to push for
1: that move from Chelsea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. um Sorry, you go, Berta?
2: Yeah, just just to add on, sort of piggyback on what we were saying about Darwin Nunez, Same as Kai Havertz, he, he's only he's only twenty four year, years old. He went through a period last season at Chelsea where I think even maybe in the Premier League preview that we did i said i thought he was going to be one of the buyers of the season for for arsenal and you, you see him playing the german national team it is it's he looks like the player that you want that you that you bought but yeah like like grego said is he prepared to play that type of stopgap role until either regular minutes open up or does he just need does he just need that you know, this one goal and another start, a cu- another assist or something to to open it all up. I don't know, but give him I, time. I would
0: su- I would suggest that he just needs people to get off his back.
2: Exactly. You know, I th-
0: I think that's that's one of the big issues. Yes, I know you you're signing a Champions League winning player, but you know his issues at Chelsea were that he probably needed a fresh start. He's got that fresh start at Arsenal. The worst thing you could do as an Arsenal fan is jump on his back. You know, mm. it's and you 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 got to get behind him.
1: I, I think, think what you, you said, said before about the price tag on Nunes, it's it's, it's a similar, similar concept, concept with him, you know, sixty million coming in, there's certain expectations that go along with a price tag like that.
0: Yeah, but, and but also too, I think the, the weight of expectation that he had at Chelsea, like he came, he was when Chelsea signed him, that was a coup. Like to get it, to drag him away from Leverkusen at such an age and with such raps on him was, was a big cue for Chelsea.
2: But, yep. yeah, Kyle, i like, got a question like, for you. Like, Even though currently they sit on top of the ladder, I, I think we, as an Arsenal fan, were you expecting a better start to the season than you've had? And has that better start impacted players coming into the team like Kai Um, Good question, Bertha.
1: Good question. question. Good question. Uh, I, think I think the start of the season, well, what are we? 12, 12 games, games in, Arsenal are on top. Yeah, like, like, you know, you, did, did, you did I expect, expect that to happen... That Probably not. Um, was night. it an expectation that they'd be there or thereabouts? Yes, definitely. I think um, last season's uh, display from the Gunners was something just total left field because of the improvement. You know, they saw massive improvement. Um, they saw them winning games that they weren't winning in the previous years, etc. And this year, it's been a little bit different. It's, it's almost... A lot of the media I listen to, it's about getting on the back of Arsenal saying they're not doing as well as last year. But when you look at the results and how they're travelling, it's like, what's, what's, you know, what's going on? Is it just the expectations that you know, we should be winning every game like last year, or we didn't win every game, but winning a large percentage of the games? But I think if you're watching Arsenal close enough, you're seeing a different team. Like the defence, um, I think Arteta's worked a lot over the off-season on their defence. Like, I think they're the least amount of goals in the Premier League. Is that correct? I think mm-hmm. now with Liverpool's goal on the weekend, I think Arsenal have led in the least. So yeah, I, playing a bit of a different style.
0: It's interesting you say that, because I heard a comment made over the weekend, which I was like, oh, I'd never thought of it, is, you know, we, when we talk about the great Arsenal sides of the 90s, they, they talk oh, about the, the French Revolution that was... But re, in reality the great size of the 90s that won the league title were built off a great defence, you know, and it was a great, strong English defence, you know, that then enabled the French flair to take over. So I think, uh, you know, looking at that and looking at the improvements Arsenal's made in defence, they might be winning games 1-0 like we saw on the weekend, but, you know, it's because they're not conceding goals.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think one of the big, big factors, factors with that, that too, Champions League. league. You know, I think Arteta knows you don't win the Champions League if you don't have a solid defence. And I think that's been one of his focuses. Mm.
0: Oh, anything else to add on that, Cozzy, on your headlines, mate?
1: Oh, no, I just wanted to add just, you know, I'm a big fan of habits. I think, um, just getting back to my original point, um, you know how tall he is, guys? Just out of interest.
0: Everyone's tall to me, mate.
1: (laughs) He's got about 30 centimetres on you, Grego. He's 193 centimetres. That surprised me when I looked that mm. up today. He's actually a really tall dude. Yeah. Um, because the, the goal he scored, Arsenal put it in that game. They put in a... Oh, they probably put in six or seven of those crosses mm. and most of the time there was no one there. And that's the football intelligence of Kai Habits to come onto the field and, and you know pick that up, make that run that hasn't been working and then all of a sudden he pops up so I'm a, I'm a big fan, big fan. So my other point or headline this week is a bit of a link, a bit of a Champions League Premier League crossover, and I've gone with tables turn on Shearer. Shearer, the turn the great, great Alan Shearer. Yes, so the great Alan Shearer, the tables have turned. Only a couple of weeks ago, he was uh, commenting on the Arsenal Newcastle VAR decision. Uh, whereas this morning in the Champions League, it's a bit of a crossover. Mm. If anybody caught the Champions League result this morning with uh, the Newcastle penalty, yes. uh, his, his quote was What a load of shit after PS's controversial penalty versus Newcastle to uh, give PSG a draw and keep them alive in the Champions League group. Did you guys catch that at all?
0: Uh, I didn't catch it, mate. No.
2: I, I saw the penalty, yes. What were your your thoughts? thoughts? It was a penalty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. That simple, like uh, some of the other shit that we've seen lately in regards to what is and what isn't, like, that's a penalty? Yeah. And Alan Shearer... Yeah, no, no. Yeah, Alan Shearer's probably just realising that Newcastle had a fantastic start to the Champions League and now they are pretty much where... Well, they can still make it. I get who have they got last? Yeah. Who have they got last game? Is it Milan or or that? They, no, they've had Dortmund twice. They've had
0: yeah. So it'd be Milan. So Milan. so it goes the okay. other way around. Now that would have been massive though a result. So t- if you could do the oh. double over PSG in your group, yeah. I mean, yeah, qualification put, looks good.
1: That would yeah. That would put them on yeah. seven, seven points. points. PSG on what four or five mm. just about clear. They'd only need a draw in their yeah. final game to, to get through. Whereas now it's going to be a bit of drama. Yeah, but but uh, I agree with you. I think it was a penalty too. And I think to add to that, the referee was the guy that refereed the World Cup final, the last World Cup final, and the last Champions League final. So he probably knows what he's doing on the field, and he called play on. So well, anyway, that, oh, Kazi, Kazi,
0: Kazi, he's up. That's a stretch, mate. Oh, That's sorry. A stretch. We don't Suggesting that referees? a referee knows what he's doing. That's a stretch.
1: Oh. Well, I'm t- <laughs> just trying to rub it into the Newcastle fans because I've got a good mate who's a Newcastle fan. He's probably li- probably listening to this and uh, just want to rub it in that Alan Shearer's little dummy spit after the game this morning gave me great joy. Oh, very good. Uh, Rightio, guys.
0: I'm going to jump into Potty's headline of the week. Um, uh, so I'm just, actually, I'll just put my glasses on here. Um, the Premier League are corrupt, scum, and give us our points back. That's what it says. Sorry, guys. Uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, My headline of the week is the main man has been unleashed. Now, boys, I don't know if you caught the United uh, evident game, and, I mean, as any great Arsenal fan would know I'm going to get carried away here. Uh, uh, co- we, have we just entered the Who Dares Report? <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. This is headline uh, of the week. Coby Menu, Coby uh I mean, he's been unleashed. I mean, I was, I couldn't help my excitement in watching his performance the other, the other uh, morning. I, yes, I'm going to get carried away. But geez, he looked like an absolute Rolls Royce sitting in that midfield role. Something we really, really need. Uh, did you guys catch it? Oh,
2: I think he looked absolutely stunning against a deflated, uh, <laughs> down, in the, down in the down in the dumps uh, Everton team that's lost their number one supporter to a, a, a global virus. I just think he looked like he could really boss that Everton team around. Um, <laughs> No, he was he was he was very good. There's there's reason for excitement there. Um, I do want to temper that excitement though with the fact that you did beat Everton coming off the back of shit shithouse week, shithouse yeah, period in their history. Yeah, but I mean,
0: history. as as was I think adequately described, the Goodison Park turned into the bear pit.
2: The bear pit.
0: The bear pit. That's what they were calling it.
2: What's I I don't can you talk me through that one?
0: I mean the the it was it was Galatasaray esque. It was Copa Libertadores final esque. The crowd they were they were baying for blood.
2: Right. Yep. Okay. So So it was was hostile. hostile. (laughs) Yeah. There was an environment there that they, they they had some animosity towards the Premier League. Everyone involved. Yes. Yes. So Gregor, what was it that you liked about
1: the young fellow? Well it sort of stood out because I didn't catch the game, so his ability his ability
0: to pick up the ball and distribute it without the touch was probably the most impressive thing. His body shape and his ability to collect the ball and already be moving to the next phase of play is the reason why I think There is so much excitement about him because Ten Hag has made comments previously saying he wants to be the best transition team in the league or in Europe. And to be the best transition team in Europe, you need players who have the ability to let the ball do the work and then press it on its way. And I have not seen that in a midfielder for a a very long time for Manchester United. You know...
1: a player... Basically, a player that can pass to his own teammates. Yeah, I could see how that would stand out in a Manchester United team at the moment. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> well, look,
0: sorry, guys. I'm going to have to retort on that because I'm going to say that Kobe, Kobe Manu is now the most successful midfielder in European football. Most, Mo Salah... 65% win percentage. <laughs> Rodrigo, 73% win percentage. Martin Odegaard, 62% win percentage. Ladies and gentlemen, Kobe Manu, 100% win percentage in the Premier League.
1: Mm. The facts wow. are
2: in,
0: the stats are in, undeniable. So-
2: so Chelsea are already looking to sign him for $200 million on a 16-year contract?
0: Can't have him. Can't have him. Mm. We don't sell our juniors. Um, but yes, plenty to get excited about for United fans with Kobe Manu. I mean, at the end of the day, for, the, for those who aren't, obviously, listeners who have no interest in Manchester United, a bit, of, a bit of relevance here is if Kobe Manu does not get injured in pre-season against Real Madrid, we don't sign Sofia Namrabat. We don't need him. So that really pushed that through. The fact that he's only just turned 18 in April is just as impressive as well because, you know, you chime in him in with Garnacho, who obviously scored that brilliant goal. I mean, there is a good crop of young players coming through that, um, you know, things are looking up. Things are looking up and things are looking uniquely Ten Hag and I like
2: it. Well, I actually—I oh, sorry to jump in. I actually had a second comment, and, and our esteemed colleague, co- uh, host—no, not host. Uh, what do you call it? Co-guest, guest on the show. Mark Costa mentioned it a few weeks ago. Well, he's a it? co-host. We we, co- uh, we
0: all we're all on this show, mate.
2: Oh, okay, I'm being nice to him there. Um, that he said that Manchester United, even though uh, they they aren't looking that good, that they. They were starting to warm up. They were starting to come good. And that's, yeah, I've, I've noticed that as well. Like they've slowly just kind of, like I, I took a, I don't tend to look down, you know, past where Liverpool are on the ladder because I don't need to. But I, no,
0: they're, they're, I just scrolled like, down
2: to the second screen the other day for the bloody ladder and I just went, oh, shit, kind of, what are they doing there? I thought they mm. were not even close.
0: Yeah, it's like jock itch. They're just hanging around. They're, they're very hard to get rid of. It's, you know, you got the cream, you're putting it in there, you're trying to increase the hygiene, but they're just hanging around. They're not going away. It's It's been a horrible start to the year, but come 13 games in, you look in, you go, oh, they're only six points off the lead.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's Yeah, that's kind of what I was leading into. So Under mm. the radar. Mm. Uh, Cos mentioned it. That, that was his quote, under the
1: radar, yeah. Mm. So the young, the young fella, fella joins the esteemed group of players such as Ethan Naweri for Arsenal. So these are big names, boys. Here we go. So hopefully he kicks on. <laughs> uh, Bobby Clark. Do you know who Bobby Clark plays for?
0: Yeah. yeah I, I don't know.
2: Shrewsbury. Liverpool.
1: Liverpool. He made an appearance for Liverpool, 17 years old this year. Mm. Uh, who else have we got? I'm just looking up these guys. Oh, David Uzar. He plays for Crystal Palace. Okay, moving quality? on, guys. Uh, my second <laughs> George, headline of the about week. Don't George Abbott either. George um, Abbott, he'll make an indent. Oh, good old uh, my Great second player.
0: headline of the week. Uh, congestion in the field. So talking about the table and we talked about, obviously, the, the congestion there. Um, I just wanted to pose a question to you guys. The American culture, is this going to work for Pochettino? So the reason I put that is despite the fact that they got absolutely pumped by Newcastle on the weekend, I, I would have a question. that Todd Bowley, being the owner of Chelsea, is that going to play into Pochettino's hands because... The American culture around sport, whether it be the NFL, whether it be Major League Baseball, NBA, is that you have phases. So you build a team and then you have your championship run and then you have to rebuild that team. So is it something that the fact that they've invested so heavily in a young playing squad, is it something that Potch is just going to find himself just under a lot less pressure than most Premier League managers would be with that expectation that he's going to deliver in a season or two?
1: No. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry. To be blunt. Uh, but no, I don't think so. I think the, the fans of English football and the hierarchy, they want success and they want it now. You know, When they're operating with the budgets that they are, um, and you just got to go back to the Chelsea of old. I know there's different circumstances now, but um, I was listening to a pod uh, this morning talked about Carlo Ancelotti getting a sack from Chelsea after winning uh, the Champions League, I believe, or the, or the double. Or something completely like that. different
0: but owner, though. Like this is this is yeah, the, this yeah. is my point. Is Todd Bowley is an American owner. He's very uniquely American in the way he approaches things. Hence the reason. That they've gone for this sort of major league baseball approach to transfer business. He does things wow. differently. I'm just wondering whether that is gonna give Pochettino just that little added bit of time to, to make things work. Whereas what you were like you're saying is very pertinent. If it was under Roman Abramovich, mate, in six months, if you're yeah. not you're gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think the rebuild, rebuild is a thing in English football. football. You know, like, and you'll add, you know. What do you mean? That.
0: I've been on a rebuild for the last decade.
1: <laughs> You've been yeah. asking for a rebuild, but it hasn't <laughs> been forthcoming. And how's that going? So, you know, like, as I said, there, it's, it's a cut-throat, cutthroat league. It's the supporters success. demand success. I just don't I agree. That.
0: I agree with that, definitely. But I, I just, yeah, I was interested um, because I, I'm not seeing the headlines calling for Potch. He's mid-table. You know, it's been a horrific start. And they were so bad on the weekend. So bad, like
2: tiago Silva. What are you doing? Is that when he fell over himself?
0: I I don't know what happened, uh, but I mean Joel <laughs> Linton owes him a schooner because Joel Linton's header that he missed was bad enough, but it was oh. okay. Your, your Brazilian mate will set you up to oh. to just smooth it over. Oh, it was it was bad.
1: Greg, it just... was bad. He's usually pretty
2: reliable too. Yeah. Just to... A quick point on that. I don't think it's the American culture that'll give him any grace. More so, his own name and reputation that he's built up that yeah. will give him give him whatever grace he may get from, Todd Bowley. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. Was that at PSG or Tottenham? Because he got no trophies. and He was one of the only managers yeah, to not win the actually, league title. He in actually the, took Tottenham for France. a
2: Champions League final where they yeah. could actually like at least walk past a trophy. You know what I mean? Like not just see it on the internet. Mm. Yeah.
0: Um, final little one, Cozy, this is this one's aimed at you mate, Ramsdale and the myth of goalkeeping. Now I we've sort of in passing had this conversation. Now, I'm of the opinion that the the whole competition for places in goalkeeping is an absolute myth. Like you've got your number one and then you've got the next bloke. Like I the way that Aaron Ramsdale played on the weekend was a guy who was under so much, Undue duress, because he'd been put in that position by his manager. At the end of the day, like I mean, the start of that, I I I've seen better keeping at over thirty fives,
1: and he yeah. and he's uh, not so a
0: bad keeper. He's a very very well, good goalkeeper.
1: The situation there at the moment is not doing him any favors. Um, you know, the the couple of times and the listeners have probably seen the replays of his stuff up where Declan Rice saves the ball off the line. That That, wasn't the worst. His throw. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing. Like the indecision and the moments when he's supposed to be cool and calm, they're the ones he's stuffing up, and that's the worry. You know, it's not when he's, it's not his decision making under immense pressure. It's like you know, you put your foot on the ball and distribute it. It's like that should be second nature, but the way the the team set up it doesn't suit him, unfortunately. It doesn't suit his, his style, and he's trying to play to the style. Yeah, it's But I, I don't
0: – is it is it the style, though, or is it the fact that, you know, he's an inherently good goalkeeper who – I mean, some would argue he's England's number one. You know, you've got Pope and Pickford that would, would counter that and say – but he's, he's definitely there in the discussion. But, you know, you go away to Brentford, and David Ryer can't even play yet for some reason he's still sitting on the bench, which just adds to the narrative that the, the commentators talk to and, and they're like, I mean, David, just stay at home, would you? Like, let's, you know, the fact that he's overlooking yeah. him, he's he's watching him play, like, it just... I, I,
1: I will well, agree, well, agree to disagree there. I, I think, think that, that, that they shows, shows support. support. I I there? understand
0: the, the idea behind it, but I think what it inherently yeah. does is it creates a talking point for commentators to flick the camera over to David Ryer, <laughs> who's sitting there going, I mean, this bloke, I mean, you never go full simple, Jack, do you?
1: Yeah, he, he's, he nearly <laughs> brought out the cigar, didn't he, sitting there on the bench just smoking a cigar going, yep, no worries, boys. Yeah. I'm pretty relaxed. I've got this covered.
0: And I think, look, and when you look at some of the great teams of the past, like, I mean... There was, there's always been a clear number one goalkeeper. And at the moment, Arsenal's mm. trying to say that, no, no, there's some inherent competition. It's David Rye is your number one. You know, it's, it's like, I mean, Edwin van der Sar had Thomas Koushak and Anders Lindegaard. I mean, Adrian, geez, he was a great goalkeeper, wasn't he, when he would come in for uh, Alisson when Liverpool were on their hot run? I mean, yeah. there's always been a distinct number one.
1: Yeah, and and you raised that good point about competition. Like, it's not a position where you should be trying to develop a competition between players in the squad because, uh, you know, if they make mistakes and it's a confidence position, if they make mistakes, it leads to goals. Like, in that spot, you can make a mistake playing centre midfield, (laughs) maybe not Thiago Silva, but you can make howlers across the field, but... In goals, it really sticks out like dog's balls. So, mm. you know, you need to be confident. You need to know that's your spot. You need to know this week it'll be my spot. Next week it'll be my spot. Then we've got an FA Cup game. I rest then. You know, you, you need to have that plan because goalkeepers, we all know we've played with a lot of them. They're, they're a different breed. Mm. They're a different breed of per- person, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely. Uh, mate, final little discussion point, Cozzy. You got this one, mate. Referee. Was it, what's going on? Tell us more.
1: Oh, so th- this one comes out of Spain and it's referring to Sergio Ramos. I don't know whether you boys caught this over the weekend. I didn't catch the live vision or a replay vision, but I was just re- reading up, caught this on, uh, what is it now, X? Is that what we call it, the old Twitter? Yeah. So in uh, Sevilla's game against Real Sociedad, Sergio Ramos was actually booked earlier in the game um, and then a bit later on he got booked again. Now, mm. of course, we know, second yellow card, you get shown a red card. So Sergio, not happy with that result, with that decision. He went to the referee and uh, complained, and, and, uh, and then the VAR stepped in. So what do you think happened next, boys, when the VAR stepped in on his yellow card?
0: I mean... Any idea? Anything can happen when it
2: goes
1: to VAR. We've, we've come to... pull this
2: his pants down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, in more ways than one, I think, Bertie. Yeah, so they've actually rescinded the yellow card. So that's a good thing, isn't it? That well sounds like a good thing. Sounds. Positive. However, that, yeah, yeah, sounds, sounds positive. Sounds good. Yep. Rescinded the yellow. No worries, Sergio. We'll give you a red instead. So he's actually been shown two red cards in one game. Oh, very. So right. it's just wow, unbelievable. I've never seen anything like that before. I've seen a player get three yellow cards before. We Do you guys remember that?
0: We all have. Josip Siminic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. and, a, and, a, and it couldn't have happened to a shitter bloke. The bloke who was born, raised in Australia and decided no. to play for Croatia. I
1: think we lost, <laughs> we lost that game too, didn't we? No, two, no. 2-1 two, maybe? Or no,
0: we, we won that one, mate. That got us through. Two-all draw. Harry Kuehl. Two-all
1: draw. Oh, of course. Of yeah. Course.
0: Remember when Spider Kalic put the durries down and jumped in goal that game? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Put
1: the durries.
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah, so poor old
1: Sergio. Booked, uh, sent off twice in one game.
0: Rightio, cosy, Drunk Uncle Trivia, mate. What do you got for us?
1: Okay, so since um, i have had to do a little bit of a reshuffle here tonight, boys, because my, my little mate, my little um, tank fire engine that could, uh, potty is out this week, so I've had to readjust the questions order here, so um, last week we spoke about player shirts, didn't we? We talked about the mm. most popular player shirts across Europe, so We're continuing the theme, and what better people to quiz on these questions tonight than you guys. I'm sure you're going to be all over this. So this one's just very simply, I've called it Shirt Number Legends. Okay. So, in my vast amount of research, I've come across an article by the Footy Accumulators. Okay. And they've listed the best Premier League player per shirt number and it ranges from numbers one to 20. So, what, the number one shirt, who they think was the best player to pull on that shirt. Okay. So what I'm gonna do for you guys is I'm gonna give you a number. I want you to give me who they think is the best player in that shirt. Okay. Sounds easy? Sounds good. Okay, so here we go. So we'll start off with the easy ones first. So, Berta, number eight. Who do they believe is the best number eight?
2: In the Premier League? Premier League history. Steven Gerrard? Correct. Not
0: a legend. <laughs> not a legend.
1: Along with Frank <laughs> Lampard, they've listed two there, so there's, there's a bit of bias there. That's the only one where there's two yeah, boys. Sorry, sorry not, yeah. a, le- not a
2: legend. Is he has, has he reached Cobby's Manu's status yet? <laughs> well, when
0: he gets a 100% win percentage, we might talk. Um. Yeah, look, and, and to the article writers on that, don't sit on the fence, you'll get a stake yeah. up your
1: ass. Absolutely, all, all splinters. splinters. Mm. So, Grego, number 11.
0: Yes, number 11, it's got to be Ryan
1: Giggs. Correct. Berta, number 7. Who
0: do
2: they think? Oh, this is uh, tough. I reckon I'm going to go with... Cristiano Ronaldo at United. Correct. You guys, see? i
1: said you guys. You're you all over this.
0: I would have Great. gone Cantona. Cantona was better. Come on. Oh. Did Cristiano uh. Ronaldo snap kick a van? <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> uh,
1: Gregor number one.
0: Number one. Now this one. Ah, oh, I'm trying to read into the mind's eye of the writer here. Uh, simplicity would say Peter Schmeichel. Correct. Oh, whereas, you know, if they're an Arsenal fan, they're probably going to think of David Seaman.
1: True, true. Uh Berta, number 10. The best number 10 in the Premier League to wear number 10.
2: Uh, I don't know. This sounds Manchester United themed again. Wayne Rooney?
1: No. A, any thoughts... Gregor, you want to jump in there?
0: <sighs> Number 10. Number 10. Um, Dennis Bergham.
1: No. Sergio Aguero. Oh, fuck oh, off. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Responsible for one of the most iconic moments in football history when he scored the nine. Well, retiring? Winner. <laughs> And it says an honourable mention goes to Wayne Rooney, oh, the yeah, wanker. Yeah. Oh. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, where are we up to? Grego, number, number,
0: number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number, oh, it's got to be Alan Shearer. They're going to go with Shearer. Yeah, that is
2: correct.
1: Yeah. Well done. I was thinking I couldn't go past
0: I couldn't go past Andy Cole, but oh. anyway,
1: no, uh, there's a few Manchester United names in here, but you know he's not one of them. Berner. There's these are starting to get harder. Number five, central defender,
0: play for United.
2: Yeah, um, number f- uh, fuck, what was his name? It's there. Rio.
1: Rio de Janeiro? Ferdinand. Ferdinand, correct. What? Ta-da. Are
0: you talking it wasn't Larry White? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Laurent Blanc? No,
1: no, and it wasn't even Harry Maguire. <laughs> 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 All right, right Colson, does, does he have a number? <laughs> And, and, and in all seriousness, Rio fit, Ferdinand would fit into a lot of teams nowadays, wouldn't he? Like his ball-playing ability and mm. the way teams play nowadays. So one of, one of the great Shout out to Rio, big listener of the show. Okay, okay. here we go. Number, where are we up to? Grego. So the score is three all. Grego, number 16.
0: Number 16, Roy Keane.
1: Correct. That was an easy one. I don't know yeah, how that, that slipped, slipped in so late. And not,
0: followed not bloody far by Michael Carrick, mind you.
1: Yeah, tumbleweeds there. Righto, next question. (laughs) So, Grego's sitting on four, Birda on three. You need this one to tie the score, Birda. Number 17.
0: Mm. (sighs) I know this one.
1: Still playing today. I was surprised when I read this.
2: Still playing to date number 17.
1: Yes, I was very surprised when I read this. That I would have thought that the player of this statue would wear that number. Nah. Got nothing. Place for Manchester City? Ooh. Is that who you were thinking, Gregor?
0: No, no, I was thinking Eric DeGemba DeGemba, but... uh... (laughs)
2: Kevin, no, does he wear number 17? Plays for City,
1: playing today. This player matched Thierry Henry's record last season and most assists in one season with 20. Kevin De Bruyne, then. Correct. But I'm not we give him that one. Gregor, yeah, 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 we'll give it to him. We'll, we'll give it to that us. one. So, yeah. for all, so this is the title. Oh, well, this is going to be... You get this one right, Gregor. You win Drunk Uncle Trivia this week.
0: If it's number 20, Gregory. I know it.
1: Who's number 20? That's not the question, but... Is
0: it Gianfranco Zola?
1: No. It What? So, no?
0: Who not. was it? What was Zola? Was Zola 20?
1: I don't know, but he's not on the list.
0: Mate, if Gianfranco Zola is 20 and he's not on the list, this is a disgrace.
1: <laughs> Are you saying the researchers from Drunk Up Uncle Trivia don't know what they're
0: doing? What was Zola, mate? Uh, just having a quick scan now, so uh, 25. 25, okay. No, so i, I, I yeah. forgiven. Yep, no, no, that's it. I knew he was in the 20s. No, that's forgiven. Yep, forgiven, there's sorry.
1: A, there's a player at Chelsea that's uh, a very similar player that's taken that number. Do you know who that is? Moses Casito. There you Ooh, go. Bang average go. midfielder. <laughs> okay, so, what, what uh, number are we going question. for, mate? We're going to go close to 20. We're going to go 19.
0: Okay, this has got another United player in it, isn't it? he's not going to give it to us?
1: No.
0: Okay, I'm going to go for Dwight York. All-night Dwight.
1: That's, that's correct. There well, well done. 5-4, Gregor. You win. I'm going to have to talk to the researchers there. There seem to be a, too many Manchester United players in that list. So. Well,
0: that's what greatness in the 90s will do, mate. we ruined, uh, we ruined childhoods. That's I for think, sure.
1: I think, oh, yeah. And teenage yeah, years, don't worry about that. But yeah. I think the researchers, I think the potty, the potty reshuffle's, reshuffle's thrown it towards your way, Gregor. So, so sorry, sorry about that, Birder. But That's there's
0: right. always next week. All good. Da- uh, Rightio, next week's fixtures, guys. We've got Arsenal Wolves, Brentford, Luton Town, Burnley, Sheffield United, Forest, Everton, Newcastle versus United, Bournemouth, Aston Villa, Chelsea, Brighton, Liverpool with a tough match against Fulham, uh, West Ham Palace, City versus Spurs. Hopefully, the little bit of Ange magic can. Uh... Greg, I've
1: just realised why Potty's not there. Why is that? You haven't filled us in, have you? He's got COVID. Oh, no. You said he passed away. Was it suffocation from wearing your Manchester United shirt? Oh no, no. Yeah, was a bet, wasn't there?
2: Suff- oh, there, was, yeah, there was a bet. He's
1: hiding. He's hiding, isn't he? He's gone into hiding.
0: Well, that's possible. But um, for the fans at home uh, listening, uh, you know, I'm sitting here in my bluey pyjamas. So it's, um, (laughs) yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's much more comfortable than an Everton shirt. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, he's in hiding. That's what it is. He's either, yeah, suffocated from wearing that shirt or he's gone into hiding.
0: Rightio, uh, tips of the week, guys. Uh, Fantasy tips. Berta, what do you got, mate?
2: Um, I'm going to get myself some corn on the cobby. Oh, um, the
0: cobby. Yeah, the uh, so corn on the co- So what year, Blakes, I can read just like a book. You sit there and you talk shit <laughs> and then you jump on board. Have a go at yes.
2: At 4.3 million and the way you talked about him in the staff room and that, that glistening in the eyes, those smiling eyes, I just couldn't help but jump on that, Grego. Mm. So I'm I was pitching just cobby- a tent. Coby Manu will be my main move. Um, I've already got but, him
0: in, boys. I've already got him yeah. in.
2: Yeah. I, well, wait, wait, hang on. You've already you've transferred him in. I have. Where, yeah. are, you, where are you coming? Uh, rethink. <laughs> oh no! Can I yeah. change my transfer? Well, I, I got rid of
0: Matoma because the... Matoma's injured, and I need I need players. And I needed to free up some cash because I'm I'm making another strike for Harland, and we all know how <laughs> difficult that is.
2: So is that when you gave him up?
0: Oh no, I, I'm trying to get both Harlan and Salah into my team, but that's its not my tip. Come on, moving on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cozzy, what do you got, mate? Two, Two tips, tips this week. week. Jeremy spoken. spoken. So for all those Pearl Jam fans out there, they'll know. Oh, uh, you're talking uh, about classic Jeremy Allder, yeah? Oh, okay. You're bringing him uh. in. <laughs> No, no, not quite. No, Jeremy Doku for Manchester City. Like, if you caught, you guys watched the Liverpool Manchester yeah. City game last week, he's electric. He is. So, yeah. they've got a very good run coming up. He looks like he's cemented that uh, left sided position. Jack Grealish is sort of on the outer. So, um, he, looks like, he looks like
0: Alan saint
1: Maximan,
0: who's had some meds. <laughs> Just a little well, just a little settled version in a decent team.
1: A little. He's taken some hyperactivity medication, you think?
0: Maybe. Allegedly.
1: So, yeah, get him in, boys. Not sure how much he's going to set you back, but he's potentially well worth it. Mm. The other tip of the week is Christmas is coming, so leave your son home alone.
0: <laughs> oh, you can't get enough of these headlines because I've noticed you've just <laughs> snuck them into the tips as well. I like it.
1: Yeah, so son for Tottenham, dump him, get him, get rid of him. Um, you know, I was here on the podcast only a couple of weeks ago, uh, spruiking him, but it's all downhill. You know, with Tottenham's demise, and unfortunately, he's not getting the service that he deserves and, and needs to get the goals. Yeah, dump him out of your team sooner rather than later. I don't know okay, if you've noticed, but so
2: the elite amongst us dumped him two weeks ago.
0: Yeah. So son will get a hat-trick on the weekend, guys. Mark my words. <laughs> All right. Um, I've, I've backed up, Birda. I've gone, Manu is a must. Um, but the big thing to consider here too, fellas, uh, and listeners who are fantasy managers themselves, no international football in Europe till March, and South America as well. So we've got to keep a transfer up your sleeve. Okay, AFCON and Asia are coming, like winter. OK, so, uh, yeah, it's it's very, very, very important that we're considering that. But also, too, for managers out there, how filthy would you be, like me, if you had Bruno Fernandes? Because Bruno decided that as a captain, I'm going to give away a fucking penalty to Marcus Rashford because he needs a goal. Hey, Bruno, I need the points um. So yeah, Bruno Fernandes killing fantasy managers over the weekend, and then uh, just a question, guys—a moral question: Does Thiago Silva get assist points?
1: Uh, yeah, I think, I think he sure should. Has to.
0: Yeah, because that was—I mean—that was I a—that mean, was a, a piece of that, unbelievable. All right, uh, fantasy managers out there. I mean, I'm sure we've helped you a bunch. Um. But anyway, anything else to add before we finish up, boys, on that one? No, oh, all good. No, Let's pretty, get get into the – who am I?
1: But who am I? Fast
2: wankers! But who am I? You are one pathetic loser. But who am I? The fuck is that guy? But who am I? Radio
0: without our dearly departed potty – um. We, I'm going to take over here for Who Am I this week. So it's just simply going to be uh, Berta and Cozzy contending the Who Am I section. Uh, You ready, fellas?
2: Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: Okay. Who am I? Born on January 15, 1983 in Nottingham, England. Uh, I had a dynamic career that left an indelible mark on the sport. Uh, from a young age, I displayed an early aptitude for football, showcasing my skills on the pitch. My journey to football stardom began when I joined the Youth Academy of Notts County, where I honed my talents and developed a reputation as a promising young prospect. My exceptional skills and on-field intelligent, quick intelligence quickly attracted the attention of top-tier clubs, leading to my transfer to Arsenal in the year that Manchester United won the treble, 1999. During my time with Arsenal, I continued to impress with my technical ability and flair, making history in 2003 when I became the first player to feature in a major European Cup final, the UEFA Cup, without having made a league appearance for my club. Solidifying my status as a rising star in English football Throughout my career I showcased my versatility By playing for various lower level clubs Such as Birmingham City, Liverpool, Stoke and others My time at Liverpool was particular note, particularly noteworthy As I played a key role in the club's run to the UEFA Champions League final in 2007
2: oh, Cementing yeah, a, my place oh, Burda Burda uh, Cosy was first. <laughs> is it the Ox?
0: Incorrect. Not Alex oxlade Chamberlain. Berta, who you got? Jermaine, Jermaine Penat. Jermaine Pennant is correct. Well, well that's done. well, that's well picked that one. Um, also uh, known by many as the only player to ever wear a prison bracelet whilst uh, playing on the field as well. <laughs> um, that's yeah, that's so for
2: the drink. Uh, he got busted for drink driving.
0: Yes, yeah. So he had the old ankle bracelet. Uh, I think that was during his time at Birmingham City. Uh, for anybody who's interested in a decent read out there, Jermaine has an autobiography: Mental, Bad Behaviour, Ugly Truths Behind the Beautiful Game. So, uh, yeah, he's obviously still chipping around with some punditry and the like. Um, obviously, had a rocky road in his career, but uh, yeah, if you're interested in hearing more about. The man, the myth, the legend, Jermaine Pennant. Go and get amongst it, well, It'd be boys. A It'd be a good book. Hmm. Yeah. Good read. Plenty of pictures, which is always good. Uh, European football, fellas. Obviously, we're a bit later this week due to Potty's illness. Um, got a bit of Champions League this morning. Manchester City uh, had a win against the German team owned and run, funded by Red Bull. Three uh, two. <laughs> Uh, And PSG also had a draw with Newcastle. Uh, Matches tomorrow see Arsenal versus Lons and United travel over to Turkey to face Galatasaray. In what? I mean, if we had the bear pit on the weekend, what would they call Galatasaray's home ground? Death? Something like that. Yeah, and uh, later on in the week we obviously have the Europa Conference League which sees Liverpool play Lask uh, and Topolo versus West Ham, AEK Athens versus Brighton. Any thoughts on that?
1: Oh, Some big names there mm. in the... Uh you're at the Conference League. As, yeah,
0: ooh. absolutely. And Berta still hasn't realised that we've uh, demoted Liverpool down to the Conference League, but anyway.
2: I was just, I was just looking at that, just going, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, it's a kick and, <laughs> kick, and, kick and giggle competition anyway.
0: Oh, rightio, fellas, did you hear much about this uh, Francesco Camadas uh, making his debut for AC Milan over the weekend? Did you see
1: that? No. No, I didn't catch it.
0: Yeah, so 15 years old. 15 years old, uh, young Francesco. Um, yeah, a bit of a. I mean, played it, came on as a late substitute um, against 15 years and 274 days old. Unbelievable. Wow. So, um, yeah, obviously a few injuries going through the AC Milan squad, but to be 15 years old like that and even be in consideration for first team football is unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. Um, So if we look at some of the greats uh, digging into it, um, obviously some some young debutants. So if we were to compare young Francesco with uh, David Alaba, who was 17 when he made his debut for Bayern Munich. Um, Who else have we got? Uh, Norman Whiteside, United great, 16 years and 351 days. Uh, Nuri Sahin, he was 16 years and 300-odd days. Jack Wilshere. Potty. People forget how good Jack Wilshire really was, don't they? 16 years and 256 days. Jack now in Woods. charge
1: of the youth, one of the youth teams at Arsenal, apparently doing a really good job.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, he, I mean you, he's, he was crippled by injury in his career, though, wasn't he? Yeah,
1: he was, he was.
0: Uh, Clarence Sadoff was 16 years and 242 days. Now this one, I mean, I still... Gianluigi Donnarumma. Like, to be a mm. goalkeeper and make your debut for AC Milan at 16 years and 241 days is unbelievable. When you think about the fact that goalkeepers often will play into their 40s. Now, I don't
1: know, I don't know, what, know what Italian, Italian town, Gen- what, what, what's his name? What's your, Gianluigi? Yeah. Is that how you pronounce that? John I don't know where town he was born in, but do they have a birth, death and marriages registry there, or did he have to wait like five years till he visited a city to get that done? Because he he looks a lot older than. You Are know, you what, suggesting
0: what that he was born on the first of the first? Is that what you're saying?
1: <laughs> He's a New Year's Day baby. He, uh, he, was bi- he was a big guy right from the start, wasn't he? Even even when it, I remember when he was back then, he looked. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Uh, 16 years and 157 days for Martin Odegaard, who made his debut for Real Madrid, which is a, it's a fair coup. Uh, Jerome Sinclair, who played for Liverpool, 16 years and six days. And um, another interesting one, uh, Paulinho Alcantara, 15 years and four months who play when he played for Barcelona and this is back in 1921. So yeah, some interesting stats yeah, yeah.
1: there. Um, Rego, I, don't, don't forget Ben Doak, who played for Liverpool 17 years, uh, Lewis Miley for Newcastle. There's some legends. Just keep an amongst eye on keep
2: that, keep eye on that name. Ben Doak, Doak, you, so, yeah, mm, you we're put we're that right, one yeah. in the black book. You <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> you st-
0: mm. Um. Another interesting one, James Milner, sixteen years, and Wayne Rooney, of course, sixteen when when he made his debut uh, as well. So yeah, righty Absolutely. Uh, now, guys, we've got a, our final segment, the Who Care, Cares report with Berna. Um Now, exciting times for the podcast. We've got a little jingle for Berta. Let's let's hear it.
1: You are fake news, and you're getting you're getting named and shamed. You should have gone to
0: Specsavers, Charlie, because I tell you what, he's not offside.
1: Well, maybe you should go also then, Jeff, because uh, you couldn't see drive driving home the other night. <laughs> Constitution, it's marble
2: it's justice, it's law. <laughs> Look, I, I think the number one factor that should be considered here who cares? <laughs> Rightio, the Who Cares
0: report, but oh, Now, look, I welcome. can see you've done you've done so much preparation for this Who Cares report. I mean, you've been carving Cozzy for his over-preparation on trivia, and, I mean, you've just outdone him here, mate, because, I mean, everything I can see on the run sheet I've put there. So, yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: Well, it was a it was a slow news week, but I've looked the one
0: that- <laughs> oh, oh, which is which is code for I was out on the piss all weekend. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, you know. Um no look, the number one thing that I've really read up on has has taken my interest <laughs> in the Who Cares report. <laughs> it's it this is this is a cracker. Everyone's watched the uh Welcome to, to Wrexham by now, surely. Um Yeah. Yeah, well, Wrexham striker Paul Mullen credits uh, his career being turned around by, by Katie Perry. Um, yeah. about, I mean, like,
0: I, I understand that.
2: Amazing words about believing in yourself. So the, the story goes pretty much that uh, he, he got up one day, said to his wife, don't want to go to training. I'm in a bit of a rut. She goes, go to training. So he's driving to training and then his mum calls and she goes, Paul, I've listened to this song. It's about you. So he, he turned it on and the song was Firework by Katy Perry. He's turned this, <laughs> he's turned this song on and then as quick as your fingers can snap, it's, invigor- it's invigorated his career. So it's, uh, it's really clearly, clearly, like when he listened to this song, he must have felt like a plastic bag drifting through the wind. And mm. he has just wanting to start again. And he's just heard this song. He's got to the chorus and just going, you know what? I am a fucking firework. And has just right. gone on to turn it on for Wrexham and be a Netflix star and just an all-round heartthrob, Katy Perry, mm. take your hat off, like that's it. That's so. A, are you essentially saying,
0: is this claiming that Katy Perry is somewhat of a sports psychologist?
2: It has to, like, like I said, with, okay. with the-
0: can we get an honorary doctorate? PhD in sports psychology to Katy
2: Perry. With the type of line she's written in this song, I mean, she she's she's got to have some type of degree slash a master's in psychology, just because she's mm. just sparked this um, Paul Mullins into into igniting the light and letting it shine and just owning the night. Mm. Like that's yep, deep. I agree. That's deep type of shit right there, and it's obviously worked.
0: Mm. Well. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a feeling down, you need to pick up Katy Perry, firework, get on to it. Yeah,
2: he's obviously...
0: Uh, he's, he's, probably, he's probably He's probably lucky
1: he didn't turn on the radio and get the, the other Katy Perry song, song. I Kissed <laughs> a Girl. Oh, well, That, 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 that <laughs> might not have fired him up.
0: Oh, mate. Yeah, well. And, uh, get a, uh, we might have to get a history check over there, Cozzy.
2: And um, yeah, Gregor, that's a, that's about as far as I got in my research, or your research in, in my Who Cares report, but... Yeah, um. mate. I got a good. Uh, I got a good one.
0: Chelsea uh, plotting a one in one out policy for the transfer window in a in a bid to avoid a bloated squad. I mean, thank you, fucking captain obvious. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about? Like, I mean, they haven't got room for more players. They got too many. I mean, oh wow, well, yeah, okay, no worries. Oh. Um, and final one. Uh, how, I don't know if you guys have seen this one. Um, so there's much of the talk. So obviously, Sir Jim Ratcliffe has been purported to be ready to buy 25% stake in, in United. Nice, his other team, um, they're obviously top of the, the league at the moment. Now, there's talk that if Nice qualifies for the Champions League, United can't go into the Champions League because you can't have two teams owned by the one. Um, consortium competing in the same competition. So I mean do you get the gist like I do or get the feeling that this is such a nothing story and that if it so happened they would work something out.
2: Slow News Week once again. It's has Ten Hag been out to dinner this week? Like
0: Oh, he didn't get any Italian in.
2: Oh okay. Yeah.
0: No, because, I mean, a lot of people don't even realise too that Girona, who's top of the La Liga at the moment, they're owned by Man City, by the City Football Group. So, I mean, it is... And I, I've I've listened to a, a lot of talk and, and done some research into multi-club ownership in recent times and I think it's going to be something that is going to just continue to get more and more. Clubs are just going to get into these multi-club ownership structures with... Um, different groups and I mean when you think about it like it's obviously you can understand you go oh well you know two teams who are owned by the same group probably shouldn't compete against one another but you're talking about professional footballers surely they're going to want to win like I uh, it's and, I, I mean, we can regulate betting. So you can regulate whether, you know, there's a dodgy line of betting going on. Surely you can regulate whether the bloke who scores from Girona, who scores the winner to knock Man City out of the Champions League, gets sold th- a week later. Like, surely it's it's not going to be that... Old. Like, I mean, they're professional footballers. They want to win. I, I can't see how you could con someone into acting within deviance just because they're playing against a team owned by their own backers.
1: Oh, yeah, but that's that's once once they hit hit the field. field. I think maybe, you know, there might be pressure pressure to rest players players or to not include a player because Mm. the owners want a certain result. You know, you can't tell me that if Manchester City are playing as your owner and they've both got a chance of going through that the man city hierarchy are not leaning on Girona saying mm, he's, he's got a bit of a niggle doesn't he you should rest him yeah. we don't want Girona to go through not meant to, yeah but the That's problem I think but the problem
0: is yeah the problem there with that cozzie is the example you've given is a team who are blatant fucking cheats so <laughs> i mean you know if you use some, if you used an example with a club with some sort of element of integrity we, we might be able to have a, a debate about it
1: well, I think this sits close to home too. I, I don't know whether we brought it up on the previous podcast with um, Melbourne City playing in the Asian Champions League against uh, one of their sister clubs as well. They were—I'm not sure which club it was—but they were potentially going to match up against them. And the same scenario: the, the discussions about you know owners having um, a, a set, a part, owning parts of the same two clubs and yeah. how that that can't happen. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I think it's a, it's a it's going to be a problem that's going to continue to fester and and grow because I think more more and more clubs are going to move into this uh, multi club model. Yeah.
2: Speaking mm. of Man City, I've noticed like it was radio silence once their charges came out, and now after the Everton uh, saga that sent Potty to the to the grave, um, mm. there's starting to be a lot more media chit chat, and you know this is just just sort of more more smoke hopefully that'll start a big fire and see the fucking idiots banned and put in the Sunday League eighth division.
0: So what happens like say for example, let's go hypothetically and hopefully um, so Chelsea uh, the Chelsea I, I mean I know we spoke on our last podcast. Chelsea haven't been charged yet I'm made aware. So they actually haven't been charged. It's accusations at the moment. There has been no charges. There's an innuendo to the, the fact that they're, they're in strife. City have been charged. Now, if they get their titles stripped off of, which let's just be... So how many titles do you pick up, like, do your clubs get? So Liverpool, how many do you get?
2: Uh, two. Two,
0: so two leagues. Cozzy, do you get a league?
1: We count last year...
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll count the last Chargers year as well. to last year? Yeah, why not? Well, let's just throw it in there. I mean, they're not going to. A leopard's not going to change their spots. They're still cheating. Um, I think United. If you go back all that time, I think we go to like nine Premier Leagues in a row. If you put Chelsea and City into it, it's something outrageous. And then if you and then if you basically say that Barcelona were doping and and cheating in the Champions League as well. Um, you know, which they probably were, allegedly. Um, I think we get a couple of European Cups as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. But anyway, uh, that might be a topic for next episode.
1: Yeah. All I good. don't think it's something the, uh, hierarch- the uh, Premier League will do, but anyway.
0: But the Premier League Ethics Committee, which resides here on the sports detention, we, we're always thinking outside of the square. <laughs> uh righty fellas we we're gonna have to call it a an end on that one um thank you again obviously it's been a tough uh a really tough episode for us to get through um you know losing a comrade like we did um you know but we've battled through we've we've grit our teeth and we've got the job done thanks
2: boys, thanks, boys. Thanks, boys. Been good. Been good thanks boys enjoy thanks for having me yeah
0: no worries, uh, radio. Uh, until next time, guys. Uh, like, subscribe to the show. Get it in on your local podcast dealer. Um, you know the drill. Get us on the all the all the apps, social media, sports detention. That's where you'll get us. Uh, yes, if you want to, you know, just continue to explore that uneducated viewer football. Tune in. We got you. Uh, thank you very much, guys. We've done it again.